you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. G Suite by Google Cloud is a suite of cloud-based productivity tools that includes Gmail, Docs, Slides, Sheets, and Drive. You can make real-time updates to the same document without having to keep track of multiple versions. And since all the tools are cloud-based, your whole team can access the same document and work on the same page at the same time. Make it with G Suite by Google Cloud. To find out more, visit gsuite.com. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. Fabs, we are more than halfway through the fantasy regular season now. Is it not just insane, right? I mean, like, I saw a Christmas commercial this week already. That's that's out of control. I mean, it's going that's, by so fast. That's another thing. I don't need Christmas commercials in October. I that's a, No, that's a whole different Yeah. Thing. That would be my, my my presidential platform if I ever, you know, had the gall to, to run for public office. Hey, you never I know. Do I do not. Uh, on either side of the glass, as always, our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, what's up? I know, just to echo what Fabs is saying, talking about Christmas and scheduling already, it's it's pretty scary. Half of the season, it's uh, very, very uh, quick moving. I'd mm-hmm. say. We need to celebrate our holidays in order. It's all it's Halloween first and Thanksgiving. Very true. Yes. Is Halloween actually a holiday, though? No, but I mean, it's at least a day on the calendar. I love it, though, man. It's like one of my favorite calendar. I mean, like we need to let's let's worry about that before we get. Let's talk about something else. That's one of our favorites right right now. Coming back into coming. I say coming back in this coming into the studio for the first time. uh, It is our own Graham Barfield. Welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you. Thank you. Our Glad new, to be here. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Kinda. That's right. Our new fantasy managing editor. I know some of you out there know Graham from his previous work at Fantasy Guru and other places. Stud, um, man. He's but, a stud. Uh, he came and joined our team, uh, what, uh, about a month ago, a little more than a month ago now, about six weeks ago. It's flying uh, by already. It was week two. Yeah. I drove out here in four days. Yeah. 200 miles. It was uh, It was a blast. You and your fiance packed up a U-Haul and drove from Atlanta to get out here. So uh, we're glad to have you. Glad to be on the podcast. Um, should be fun. Should be a you enjoying the weather out here? Like, what have you seen? I, you, they already sent you to London. Me and Marcus have been here forever. We just get chained to the desk in L.A. during football season. You come in like a month 
Hey, he's going to London. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's big been, time right here. It's been crazy. The weather out here is so much better. I lived in Florida and yeah, man, me too. North Carolina for most of my life, so mm-hmm. no humidity. <laughs> uh, Have you seen any celebrities weather. yet? Any celebrity sightings? No. Actually, I saw more celebrities in Atlanta from my time. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. okay. Well, we'll see. I'm sure I'll run it. I remember the first celebrity I saw out here was Arnold Schwarzenegger at a Pinkberry. I mean, of all places. Let's see. The yeah, th- I was at a Pinkberry. See, the thing you learn when you live out here is that that's that's kind of where you see them is at random places. Yeah, you know, like yeah. Terminator I, likes frozen yogurt. I guess. Yeah, he was. With, I think he was there with his kids. I saw. Yeah. I think I saw Tyra Banks at a Jamba Juice, and I saw Jimmy Smith at an In and Out. You know, so Jimmy like, Smith. <laughs> love it. Like, so Bobby Simone and NYPD Blue. That's man. one of the things you learn when you're out here. You don't see them like in the places you think you're going to see them. You see them yeah. literally like at you know Seven Eleven. You're going to see me like. I think that's so right. Somebody yeah, a lot of that. Yeah. So, oh, uh, but anyway, yeah, Graham will be joining us. It's great. We're glad to have him. Uh, we got plenty to talk about today. Uh, you know, it, there's. Uh, I did this earlier in the year, uh, maybe a couple weeks into the season, talking about things we know, things we think we know, and things that we have no idea about. So now that we've reached kind of a midpoint in the season, I feel like we should bring that back and see that now that we have uh, a lot more games under our belt, what we know, what we think we know, and what we have absolutely no idea about. As we head to the back half of the season, of course, we'll talk about waiver wire picks for week eight. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll let you guys vent a little bit with Monday moan and with some of your uh, your tweets about. I got some moaning to do, too. Some of the sad things that happened to Damn you. Damn Jermaine curse. <laughs> In the meantime, let's do some news. Let's the news. We will start with the Buffalo Bills. LaShawn McCoy suffered a head injury during the team's loss to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, still kind of waiting word to see what his uh, prognosis is going to be. You know, in past years, guys, this seems like it would have been a huge loss. And I guess in some ways it kind of is. But because LaShawn McCoy has been so underwhelming this year, um, I don't know. This doesn't feel like it's the same sort of no, loss as it would have because been. he's not elite at this point. I mean, it hurt last week because everyone started him because he started to see uh, regular touches. He was getting right around 20 a game, and the matchup was there. And then, unfortunately, he went down, and now you're looking at potentially adding Chris Ivory off the waiver wire. Yeah, and this has been a weird year for McCoy, too. I mean, he's had a ribs injury, and he's played through now a half. Obviously, going through the concussion protocol, it's mm-hmm. kind of been an up and down year for him where he struggled through injuries. I'm with you. I don't really think it matters all that much for fantasy because McCoy's basically just been a back end RB2 all year anyway. Yep. I, I just, I want him to get traded. I do. I want Billy, him to get traded. the mayhem. I want, want, want well, we the are, mayhem. Well, the trade deadline's coming up, right? right. We already had a, a trade last week that turned fantasy football on its head. Right. I, just, I want him to get traded, one, because I, I do like mayhem of that, but also just somewhere where they're, where they're going to use him, right? Where he gets in an offense that can yeah. move the ball. I mean, you know, Corey Clement said that the Eagles don't they, need a running back. Well, they need a running back. I mean, Corey Clement, yeah. You, you and and LaShawn McCoy or Le'Veon Bell would look pretty good. Is it forest green that they wear now? I have no idea. Whatever that green is, they both look good in that green. I don't know what the Pantone color number (laughs) is for that, so I I have no idea. Um, Speaking of Le'Veon Bell, Steelers owner suggesting that the team won't trade him before the deadline. I mean... One, can I go back to this whole thing? Like, everybody seems like, you know, fake shocked that, oh, Le'Veon Bell didn't show up to work on Monday. And we thought, like, come on, we knew, we had to know, right? Yeah, it's going to be, week, I mean, it's going to be week, week 10. 10. Exactly. Why, why come back any earlier, right? I mean, the, the whole situation here is what? 
Bell's mad because he hadn't gotten paid and he doesn't want to do damage to his body and get 400 touches like he did last season. So he's going to wait to the last minute to come back. And I am not surprised about this whatsoever. Well, outside one beat report, they basically said the Steelers haven't heard from him. Right. Nobody's heard from him. What, what, not even teammates. What, why would he come back now is my no, biggest question. No. There's, and you know what? Stay away. Stay away because James Conner's been great. And it's going to break my heart on the teams that I have James Conner and I don't have Love Bell because Conner has been a top 10 fantasy running back this season. He has played tremendous outside of one or two games where he put up a couple of stinkers. He has been everything and more than we hope for. He scored more fantasy points in his first six games this season than Bell did in his first six games last season. I'm not saying Le'Veon Bell's not great because he is, but imagine what's going to happen when if you've been leaning on Conner all season long and then Lev Bell you know, struts into the Steelers locker room come week nine or week 10 and says, hey, guys, I'm ready to play. Yeah. Now you're in trouble. And well, the people who have Le'Veon Bell might be in trouble, too, because this could end up being a committee. Except, yeah, I mean, certainly, I mean, I'm pretty sure it will be. But, you know, the, the positive is why can't it be why can't it be a Saints-like committee? Why can't they be why can't they be uh, Ingram and Kamara? I mean, why I can't mean, they? What, I, what, what, what goes against I, it? What, I don't you, know, You've seen what James Conner's done. We know what Le'Veon Bell can do. What, what's to say it can't be? Like the Saints, why? Why can't they? Why can't it be what the Falcons had a couple years ago with Tevin but, Coleman? But the and Saints Devontae transitioned Green. their offense so much last year. I mean, it was the, it was the first right, well, amount then. of pass attempts. Like Ben okay. Roethlisberger, they've but got but if you don't have Ben Roethlisberger, and they've got Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, but if you I mean, don't have Ben Roethlisberger, why do you care? You know? Well, I mean, seriously, I, I do have Ben Roethlisberger in a couple of leagues. But what I'm saying is that are the Steelers would they go ahead and and change their offense to what the Saints did last season, and it worked for the Saints? Uh, I don't. I just don't know if if they would do that or not. Well, this is the same team that. We saw D'Angelo Williams be incredibly productive. Yeah, D was great. James Conner's faced eight or more defenders in the box on 39% of his carries this year. That's the second highest rate, and he's been insanely explosive, forcing great uh, yards after contact, being great, Mm -hmm. uh, at forcing missed tackles, too. I mean, Bell is completely kind of... I mean, he's kind of screwed himself here. I mean, <laughs> like the Pittsburgh Steelers offense has been the exact same. Right. But he has to come back because he needs to accrue that time so he can become a free agent, which is this whole thing is all about. So he's going to come in and he's going to screw everything up for James Conner. And really, he screwed himself up, really? too, just like you had mentioned, because now you're looking at coming back and maybe it's good for him because if you think he's a selfish guy based on what he's doing, I don't necessarily agree with that. But he comes back in and. It doesn't matter how many touches he gets. He doesn't want the touches. He wants to be fresh for free agency in 2019. The crux of this is we're just tilting because we want James Conner right. to continue to be the bell cow. Yeah, or trade or, or, or the best or Le'Veon Le'Veon Bell. Bell be traded. Right, exactly. that'd be great. Exactly. Go. To, I mean, okay, Marlon Mack had a great game. He'd still be great in Indianapolis. Philadelphia needs a running back, but I mean, what we're hearing is that he's not going to be traded. As somebody who got in on neither side of that equation, I'm just sitting here with my popcorn, watching the whole <laughs> thing go down and watching everybody panic around me. Like, yep. Yep. Like me. There you go. That's um, right. The Jaguars benched Blake Bortles. He, he went out and he bortled over the weekend, and he got benched in a loss to the Texans. Cody Kessler came in, and, I mean, you know, it, it was a Cody Kessler performance. I don't know what anybody would have expected from that. I don't really know what to say about this offense other than, you know, at the start of the year, at the start of the year, there was hope that maybe, you know, Leonard Fournette, like I, my hot take was that Leonard Fournette was going to be a top three running back. That was my big hot take. There was talk about all these receivers who might show up between Westbrook and Moncrief and Keelan Cole and you know, what have you. Um, it's all gone. It's all fall. They need Fournette back. Point. The offense was built around him. Uh, this is a ground and pound offense and a defense that was going to, 
you know, punch in the face. And now the defense, I mean, they're they're throwing left hooks and miss, and they just can't stop anybody. And it's amazing that Bortles has been this bad because, I mean, think about it. it. though? Think about it. He was so good against the Patriots in a big spot, in a big game, has a monster stat line. Blind squirrels and acorns, man. Like, anybody anybody on a one-game basis can come out. But but he's actually had, from a fantasy perspective and from a reality perspective, Blake Bortles is two very different quarterbacks. And if we're talking fantasy here, I mean, the guy had 20-plus points in three or four games, including 32 against the Patriots, and then it all goes to heck. The Cowboys game, it, it was terrible. It Ten hell. fantasy points. <laughs> it went to H-E double hockey sticks. That's exactly correct. And then he gets benched. They need Fournette back. And I think part of the reason they needed to make this trade with Carlos Hyde is because they see it. Okay, TJ Yeldon's been okay from a fantasy perspective. But, I mean, he's not a featured type of guy. He's not the type of running back that this offense was built around. He's closer to what, uh, you know, Fournette is much closer to what Hyde is and vice versa. So, I... They need Fournette back, and if they don't get Fournette back, and it looks like he's not going to come back until probably week 10, um, this offense is going to be a disaster, and Blake Bortles is going to, like Marcus said, Blake Bortles. Well, look at it this way. I mean, the Jags over the last three weeks, just four of their 35 drives have ended in a score. That's the worst rate in the NFL. It's worse than the Cardinals. So it's a revolving court, <laughs> right? The offense is not sustaining drives. They're turning the ball over. They've yep. had 10, 10 drives end in turnover compared to four end in a score. Yeah. And the Jags defense just stays on the field. And by the end of the third quarter, they're gassed. They can't, they can't stop anybody. That's what happened in the Cowboys game. That's yep. why Cole Beasley went off because Jags defense was on the field the entire game because Bortles can't sustain drives. Yeah, last four games, Bortles, six interceptions, and he's had three fumbles lost. And he didn't finish yesterday because he, he Cody looked, Kessler. He looked legitimately clueless in the pocket yesterday. They need a quarterback, <laughs> dude. I mean, like, if they're going to go anywhere. That, that's you know, the biggest problem. And I get it. I mean, this. hey, they were successful last season. I get it. But they need a quarterback. It's so funny because you hear all of these like rumors going around that the, the Jaguars should trade for Eli Manning. Why? That's what I say. Why? I, mean, I, I heard that rumor before you had, the I mean, started. Why, why would you do that? It's sort of a, other than... It's like... The Jags' biggest mistake was basically not drafting Lamar Jackson and taking Taven Bryan in the end of the yep. first round. You know what would be a good move for them? Go get Terod Taylor. Yeah, go uh, get Tyrod Taylor. Why didn't they Taylor? try the fifth round pick for Tyrod Taylor? They, they, I know. They, should, they should have tried to get him. They, they could have tried to get Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, there were there were so many other options out there, yep. but this is an organization decided they wanted to try and make they it doubled work. With Blake they've Bortles. doubled down multiple times on Bortles in yeah. the offseason, during the draft, this year. And they were probably feeling themselves after that New England game. And I think since I think, then, not so much. I really think the only reason we heard the Eli Manning rumors is because Tom Coughlin. Yeah, this out. is a culmination. Right, right. We've seen these. This has been flashes in the pan. We've seen Bortles really struggle in games for so long, and now he's strung three back to back to back. This has just been a long time coming. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, I think I think we all looked at last year. At least I looked at last year and said the Jaguars got as far as they did sort of in spite of Blake Bortles, not necessarily because of Blake Bortles. Anyway, that's uh, pretty much all the news you need to know. That was the news. All right. uh, We are going to what I'm calling our knowledge base here, right? We're going to go through some things, things that we know after seven weeks of the season, things that we think we know, and things that we have no idea about after seven weeks of the season. So we all kind of, we all chipped in. We all did one in each category. I will start. I will tell you that after seven weeks, and he hasn't actually played in week seven yet as we're recording this. But I can tell you that after seven weeks, I will say that Saquon Barkley is the new Adrian Peterson, but better. He is that physical specimen that that 
strength, speed, size freak. But unlike Adrian Peterson, he's more of a threat in the passing game than Peterson ever was. And, you know, I, I know that, you know, there's – there's some debate whether or how much running back talent matters because we've seen plenty of talented running backs go to bad situations and not necessarily do anything. See Joe Mixon last year, for instance. Saquon seems to be the exception to that rule. He's that guy that even though the Giants offensive line is still figuring things out, even though they can't put together a consistent passing game with Eli Manning back there, Saquon Barkley has been just lights out every single week. And again, because he catches the ball, because he's so much a part of their passing game, that's an element of his game that Adrian Peterson never really had. And so, I, you know, what we've seen from Saquon, I don't think is a fluke. I, and I think, I think this is going to be his deal for years to come. And now if they can ever put an offensive line ahead of him, uh, I mean, dude's just going to be bananas yeah. at this point. Yeah, man, he's so good. And it's funny, too, because you still get a lot of people out there, a lot of Giants fans who complain that they – went after a running back and not a quarterback. Well, I mean, yes, from, a, from an actual team yes. building for yes. perspective, yes. yes, it was a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, but for, yes. for our greedy fantasy we love purposes, it. it's wonderful. We love it. Yeah. And, and it's it's the perfect storm because the offensive line has issues, which means what? A lot of checkdowns to Saquon. Eli Manning, well, he likes to check the ball down. And Saquon's been tremendous. I mean, the guy has great speed, great feed, great vision. I mean, he, he, he is the, the total package. And he's been better than Zeke has been uh, when Zeke was a rookie and, and came in and sort of set the world on fire. Guys, Barkley is on pace to have over 2,100 yards from scrimmage. It's pretty this good. Year. Eric Dickerson. Yeah, I was just going to single season. Just thinking, ED right over right over 2,200. Barkley is on pace to at least challenge Eric Dickerson's single yeah. season rookie yards from scrimmage record. Yep. That's so right. so here's something that I know. Okay. Andrew Luck is back, and I had put him in the last three consecutive stardom and sit as a stardom, and I probably can't even do it anymore because now it's too obvious. But he started off, he had about 20 points against Cincinnati. Then he had two stinkers, uh, two tough road games at Washington, at Philadelphia, and then 35 against the Texans, 22 against the Patriots, 22 against the Jets, 22 against the Bills. That's called consistency, Graham. He's been very good. And you look at the numbers. I mean, he's had three, three or more touchdowns in four straight games. And this is the Andrew Luck that we remember from before he had that shoulder injury. He was an elite fantasy quarterback who was going to put up top five numbers. And oh, by the way, right now, as we stand with Monday night still to go, the third highest scoring quarterback in fantasy football is Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. I, I just guessed because we were talking about Andrew. Yeah, I was hoping you were going to come up oh, with the middle that's name. That's the intuition market. I know, right? I mean, that's why they pay me the medium sized box. Um, you know, <laughs> I. I I think the biggest thing about Andrew Luck for me is that this year he's they seem to have protected him a little bit better, right? He's not taking a crazy, insane amount of sacks. I mean, that was always, I mean, that's part of the reason he ended up hurting his shoulder and missing a couple of years was it wasn't because he was slinging the ball 50 times a game, even though he was, it was more that he was just taking such a beating behind such a bad offensive line. And they seem to have shored that up. They seem to have understood that this guy literally is the franchise. They've got to figure out how to pr protect him. I mean, the, the Colts near the bottom of the league in sacks allowed. And that, to me, has made all the difference with Andrew Luck this year. Yep. Yeah, if you throw away last week where, I mean, Luck basically just didn't have to throw the ball very much. I mean, his air yards per attempt have gone up in five straight games, except for week seven, like I said. Mm -hmm. Only had to throw it a couple times against the hapless Bills. I mean, they're finally starting to air it out more. T.Y. Hilton's back healthy. Um, yep. Yeah, I think I think Luck. And, I mean, wait until he gets Jack Doyle back. 
Open. I mean, Ryan Grant was hurt too, so he hasn't really had his full complement this year. Is Jack Doyle coming back? I mean, I, mean, I would think so. I don't know when. I, I have no idea what's going on with this. I mean, like, and, what, and Luck had like 17 completions yesterday and he had four touchdown look, passes. Look, if we've learned anything from the Colts, it's to not trust them on injuries. Right? Marlon Mack had a hamstring injury. We heard nothing about that during the preseason. Yeah, right. Obviously, we know Luck's situation. They originally said Jack Doyle might just miss a couple weeks, but he's basically missed the entire Which, season. by the way, Colts, you know, Frank Reich, all you guys there, at the beginning of the year when everybody kept asking about Andrew Luck's shoulder and everybody kept giving you skeptical looks, this is why. This is why no one believes you because your credibility is shot when it comes to talking about injuries because we have no idea what's up with Jack Doyle. We don't know when he's going to be back. And at this point, because uh, Eric Ebron has played pretty well, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they Devontae Parkered him and like he's like kind of healthy and they're like, yeah, no, you're 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 still hurt. Yeah, you're, you're still hurt. Colts are kind of out of the AFC South, too, even though that division's a little bit of a mess. Is there anybody that's out of it in the AFC South? That's, that's true. <laughs> uh, OK, Graham, what is one thing, you know, you know? Yeah, the Saints backfield is back to being a split um, in the last two weeks in weeks five and week seven. The Saints had an off date in week six. Mark Ingram has played on 52 percent of the Saints snaps. Alvin Kamara is at 51 percent. Uh, Ingram has 28 carries to Kamar's 24. Kamar slightly leads Ingram's in Roots run. They both have five targets. Kamar has six red zone touches, and Ingram has five red zone touches in these last two games. Look, the Saints are going to have big blow-up days, but I think the days of Alvin Kamara being like that shoe-in, he's going to score 25-plus PPR points every single week are over. Uh, Ingram is back. He's taking red zone touches. He's running Roots. It's kind of a little bit of a bummer for those guys that were probably 4-0 after Kamar had that hot start. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I do think we sort of, I think intellectually, I think we all kind of knew that that's what, what it was going to be. And I think after the first few weeks, because Camaro was so great, I think there was this thought that like, I mean, look, you know, this fantasy, fantasy folks, we go week to week. We live and die week to week, right? So Camaro was Almost great. Too much. Right, definitely, definitely too much. So the first month, Camaro is great. And it's like, yeah, this guy is going to be great forever. And then, you know, Mark Ingram comes back and Kamara doesn't really do much. And then everybody's like lighting their hair on fire, wondering what they should do with Alvin Kamara, which, you know, we were all like, calm down. Like, yeah. it's going to be fine. And so now... To be fair, he did have 19 touches last week. Yeah. I mean, Seven. but I, I do think, you know, I think I think this is what it is. It, it's kind of what it was last year. And it's it's what I mean, it's they were, to be. they were both top 10 backs. Last. I'll take that. Right. I'll take it. No, you're and, right. And I mean, they, the Ravens are good. The defense is solid. So, heck, yeah, I mean, Ingram had a stinker, but you can't really be surprised at that because the Ravens defense is just that good. Yeah. No. It'll, it'll be interesting, though. Their next four games are Vikings, Rams, Bengals, Eagles. That's not exactly an easy stretch. No. Now, it eases up. They get Falcons, Cowboys, Bucks, Panthers during the fantasy playoffs. But the next four weeks, it'll be interesting to see how those guys produce because those are those pretty four, four pretty tough, tough matchups. Yeah. I, you know, uh, it's going to be interesting. I mean, but. Either way, you're starting them, right? And regardless Absolutely. of the matchup, you're, you're, yeah. not, you're not sitting them. Yep. Um, a thing that I think I know at this point in the season, the Jaguars' defense is still good, right? I mean, it's still, it's still good. Like, the last two weeks have not been great. But as you were talking about, Grant, part of it lays with the offense that can't stay on the field, that can't move the football, that can't protect the football. I think a lot of what you've seen is, one, a defense that's gassed and a defense that has had to deal with some shorter fields because Blake Bortles has been turning it over. I don't care how good you are, how much talent you have, or how well-schemed you are. If you keep setting your opponents up on the plus side of the field, I mean, they are going to score points, and that is going to reflect on you. Um, I, I still think these guys are a, a good, talented group of, 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 of players. I think it's a good, talented defense. Um, 
and I still I still think you know I, I worry about this 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 game next week, for instance. They they are going to London, which has been sort of their fortress of solitude, right? It's their power base where they seem to get better on the other side of the Atlantic Ocean. Is that why Jacques kind of wanted to move them? Maybe that's why they're trying to move them to Tottenham or whatever. Cr- you know, that is such a crucial game for both teams. It's huge for them and the Huge. Eagles, right? Because the Eagles, you know, let one get away on Sunday against the Panthers. It's a big game. And so, like, part of me looks at it and says, well, man, the Jaguars have played like crap the last couple of weeks. You know, fire up as many Eagles as you can. But then part of me is like, well, the Jaguars have been embarrassed the last couple of weeks. They may be kind of out to, to, get, to get things kicked off. They're in a place where they seem to be comfortable. I'm, this is a game fantasy wise that I'm looking at this week and sort of nervous about, but I just, I still just can't shake this feeling that the Jaguars defense is still something to be afraid of. From, from a reality standpoint, clearly they're talented. They're one of the most talented defenses in the entire league. From a fantasy standpoint, they've sucked. Let's put it that way. I mean, they have given you six points in their last three games. They're 24th in fantasy points among defenses. That's why guys, you never draft the defense until one of the last two rounds, because even as great as a defense might've looked the year before, that is no guarantee that they will do it again. And right now there are 23 defenses with more fantasy points than the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I would say, I wouldn't play him this week because Carson Wentz is a smart quarterback who doesn't turn the football over. And I don't know that I would project them to have a big week. And I hate having two defenses on my roster. I hate it. I mean, even with the Bears, like I didn't drop the Bears, but I I begrudgingly picked up another defense to start and kept the Bears on my roster. I just didn't want to keep them. The Jaguars aren't producing. And I would not be surprised if the Jaguars start finding themselves on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues. Because look at the schedule. Okay, you got Philadelphia, then you got to buy. Then you're at Colts and their their offense is looking good right now. And then you got the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And at some point, and we're halfway through the fantasy season, at some point, you got to look and think, you know what? I'm cutting my losses. There's defenses out there like the Colts scoring 20 points against the Bills, and everyone's scoring 20 points, it seems, against the Bills. At what point do you say, you know what? It's a defense, man. I'm chucking them. I'm kicking them to the curb. Yeah. I mean, the Jags over the last five weeks, just to bring back to that other, uh, the earlier point, the Jags have run the fifth most plays on defense. Uh, excuse me, they faced the fifth most plays on defense over the last... Three weeks are still top 10 in pressure rate, still uh, bottom four in quarterback rating allowed. They're still a fantastic defense by all stretches. But yeah, like Fab said, I mean, they just yeah, haven't been able to produce because Bortles has left them on the yep, field. Exactly. So exactly. I mean, th- they're not turning the ball over. You know, they're they're not making plays. Well, when, and- teams conti- when teams can continually run against you, yeah. they've been down by 15. You know, they've been ahead by 15 points mm-hmm. on average. Opposing offense have been ahead by 15 points on average against yep. the Jags over the last three weeks. You can just run the ball. Yeah, and right. where are a lot uh, of their no playmakers? Sacks. There's no sacks. And the defensive no backfield. Exactly. You don't get opportunities to make interceptions, make plays. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. great point. Yeah. So this week, after this whole conversation, now I think I'm fading the, the Jaguars defense yet again this week because that Eagle offense is like, between Carson Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz. Those guys are playing well, and that seems to be enough, especially... Ertz if, is ridiculous, man. Yeah, Ertz man. is ridiculous. Every single week, he's so good. And... I mean, if the Jaguars are really serious about starting Cody Kessler this week, <laughs> that means that defense is going to be in for a world of hurt. Good luck with that. Uh, Fabs, what do you think you know at this point? Uh, so it's something that I thought I knew in the preseason, and it's it's kind of coming to fruition. Deshaun Watson's he's not going to live up to his ADP. And, you know, I've got a lot of friends that are in the, you know, the big boy leagues, and they were telling me it's Rodgers and then Watson. 
at the quarterback position. Watson's going off the board in the top 50. Yeah, I just... Based on what he did last season, which was historic. If Watson, and, you know, we always like to make jokes about on pace, but he was on pace to have the greatest fantasy season ever. Ever. He was averaging 27 points in his starts last season. It was never, ever going to happen again. This year, what have we gotten for him? We've gotten some good performances, right? He's had 20 or more points in four games, but in three other games, he's had fewer than 12. And this past week was an absolute stinker. And we talked about the Jags defense, but I mean, the Jags defense still very tough at home, held them to fewer than 11 points. And I mean, he's banged up. The offensive line has not done any favors for Deshaun Watson. He's not he's healthy enough to up. fly with Exactly. Them. He's got to take a bus. Exactly. I mean, I, I well, let's see. They're playing They're playing who next? They're playing the Dolphins. So I guess you can take a bus to hey, Miami. Fine. I mean, I don't know. But all I'm saying is that Deshaun Watson and all the hype and everybody loved him and it was hard not to love him because he was so ridiculously awesome last year. He's not going to live up to his average draft position and it's another example of why you don't draft quarterbacks early. One one big concern too is over the last two weeks just because of the ribs, uh, the bruised ribs, whatever he's going on with his, with his lungs too. Mm-hmm. He's only carried the ball nine times over the last two weeks for 15 yards. Yeah. That, that's he can't the, move. That's right. the, that is the big thing about Watson is you want him move. You want him to be able to scramble and create those second reaction plays where he's gaining those big, you know, those 10 yard runs. You probably don't think of it on a game like play play by play basis, mm-hmm. but over this course of a game, he's racking up 10 carries, 40 yards. Right. That's huge for his fantasy value. Yeah. To yep. the second point, the touchdown regression was always coming. Always coming. Yeah, that 9.3% no touchdown rate last year, that was always going to come down. It's, it's ridiculous. Down to, down, it's basically cut in half this year to 4.1%. Mm-hmm. It's back, back to reality. Back, back, back to human terms. Yeah, Watson, <laughs> is, Watson is officially a human being. Although here's yeah. the thing. So, I mean, if there's, a, if there's a silver lining from Sunday, it was the first time all year he didn't throw an interception. Oh, that's good. Um, he also had 139 passing yards, yeah. which is not good. And by the way, folks out there on Twitter who were reading about Deshaun Watson taking a bus, like, he wasn't on a Greyhound, people. Like, he wasn't on, like, your <laughs> local city bus, okay? Like, yeah, this, he this, was on some... This thing's like a extra- decked out, exactly. like, rock star type tour bus. You know, it had a record- It had a recording studio in it, literally. What? Like, yes, he could have cut an album... <laughs> If he had all, hey, he could have brought Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell, right? Le'Veon Bell, drop go, some right? bars. Yeah. Drop some bars. You know, so like, <laughs> yeah. So folks, yeah, don't. Everybody's like, whoa, why didn't they get hire him a private car or a limo? I'm like, look, he's not. He wasn't just on like a mega bus that he paid a dollar for. Okay, like yeah, it was dude. a really nice bus. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so that'd be nicer than a lot of people what they live in. Right. Exactly. So <laughs> especially just, if you're in L.A., let's just get, so expensive. Let's just get that out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Graham, what do you think you know? Yeah, Jarvis Lander is back, um, and I think he's about to lose his mind for fantasy um it's just like the next three weeks are just set up so perfectly for him um uh, he plays pittsburgh kansas city and atlanta all four all three of those teams are top six in yards per game allowed to slot receivers and baker uh, mayfield's four starts this year landry leads the browns in target share air yards and red zone targets he has eight red zone targets the next closest receiver to land uh, landry in red zone looks in this span with mayfield as in joku at three landry has double digit targets in each game I traded for Landry in my big, one of my biggest leagues this past week. Worked out well. He dropped 10, 97, and 1 yeah. against the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this hot streak continues. I think yeah, Landry's back to being a, so a low-end. I, I think he's back to being a low-end receiver. One. You're saying it's contagious. Yeah. What you're saying. <laughs> I was, there was two wide receivers I was trying to get in the last few weeks. One was Alshon Jeffrey. I was able to get him in a couple of leagues and trades. And then Jarvis was the other one. Alshon and looks incredible. I, could, I know, dude. He looks so good. I couldn't, I couldn't secure it. Um, uh, I, I tried, I tried like had to get Landry before this week against the Bucks because I kind of knew he was going to blow up. But yeah, I think you're right. You know, and he had he had a couple.
couple of stinkers. I believe he was a wide receiver 63 the the two previous weeks combined. You know, Baker Mayfield, you know, hey, you got to gain a rapport with the guy. He's definitely made David Njoku a better player, that's for sure, from a fantasy perspective. But I agree. Landry, uh, that was that – was, Game number one of what looks to be a very nice stretch of performances. You know, well, I think part of the, this whole Jarvis Landry narrative this year is that things around him changed a whole lot, right? Because think about it. Coming into the season, sure, we knew Landry was going to get targets. But at the time, we were expecting Josh Gordon to come back and be a part of the Browns. We thought, you know, maybe Antonio Callaway steps up. We knew David Njoku was there. There was Duke Johnson. There were so many guys. Nick Chubb, we thought, was going to have a role earlier in this offense. And I think part of the fear of Jarvis Landry in the summer was that there are so many mouths to feed and that maybe Jarvis Landry wouldn't get quite the production. But now here we are, you know, going to week eight. Josh Gordon's in New England. Antonio Callaway has been a flop so far this year. Uh, you know, he's Duke, been a drop this year. He has been. You're right, exactly. He's been a drop been this one year. One big drop. Duke Johnson has been a ghost this season. So do they know. do they miss a certain wide receiver? Uh, I mean, I think they do. Mm. I think they do because now you're hearing reports that they're in the market for uh, for a wide receiver. Um, is it Mary Kay Cabot? Uh, the probably one of the, one of the Browns beat writers was talking about how the Browns might be, you know, sort of looking into. Parker or Cooper, so we shall I mean, see. I mean, I think what's funny is, you know, we thought, man, the, the Browns have all these weapons offensively, and it's going to be like a big deal, and it's going to be tough for Jarvis Landry to, to do what he did in Miami. And then before you realize it, the Browns offense kind of turned into the Dolphins offense again. So everything yep. is kind of status quo for Jarvis Landry. Yep. Just the thing that, that we never really predicted, that, that we never really saw coming. Uh, a thing that I have no idea about anymore. Is Jordan Howard still the Bears RB one? I mean, Not like fantasy, like coming that. up, like coming into the season. You know, I was, I know there was some concern. I know that you know, I wrote in the offseason that Tariq Cohen was sort of like Tyreek Hill 2.0 for Matt Nagy, going from Kansas City to Chicago, that he could use Tariq Cohen sort of in that role. You know, there had always been talk that that Cohen might uh, overtake Jordan Howard and sort of make him a little more irrelevant. But then that first week of the season, Howard came out, had a really good game, caught more passes than I would have thought, and it looked for the first couple of weeks like, oh, okay, well, this is still Jordan Howard's gig. Tariq Cohen's going to be sort of, a, I don't want to say a gadget player, but kind of an occasional guy that comes in and does some stuff. The last three games... It has been all about Tariq Cohen, and Jordan Howard has become an afterthought. And I think, you know, right now on paper, Jordan Howard is sort of the starting running back here. But I don't know that in practice he's the RB1 in Chicago anymore. Yeah, no doubt. And certainly from a fantasy perspective, I mean, Tariq Cohen has lapped him. And if you look at the numbers, I mean, Cohen has given you 30, 23, 22, uh, while Jordan Howard has sort of, you know, been mediocre at best, even when he gets into the end zone. He's not giving you the yardage. He had a bad fumble a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, this Bears offense suddenly looks very explosive. Right, Mitchell Trubisky, holy cow, man. I mean, like, start the season, he wasn't doing nothing. And now this guy is like the second coming of, well, you know what? The Bears haven't really had a good quarterback in fantasy, so I can't even say it. Who would be their best fantasy quarterback? What do you think? I mean, like, I mean, like, Jim McMahon is, comes to mind. Like, I mean, like, they, Eric Kramer. I mean, like. Jay Cutler. I mean, ugh. Yeah, Cutler. I mean, that's fan- bad. Fantasy-wise. So, anyways, I'm not going to insult him and say that he's the next coming of Jay Cutler, but he's the next coming of a good quarterback that the Bears uh, have desperately needed for a very long time. And now we're going to talk waiver wire a little bit later, and he needs to be owned in all leagues. And, you know, part of the success of this offense has been uh, Tariq Cohen sort of getting more touches, getting more snaps, and making more plays. 
it's kind of all how you define the number one running back in the offense, right? Like Jordan Howard has handled 73% of the Bears carries inside of the 10-yard line, but Tariq Cohen's snap rate has increased five straight weeks. He actually was basically right in line with Howard in terms of snaps over the last two weeks. So it's pretty much a direct split. I mean, Cohen's going to run the roots. Howard's going to hammer the ball uh, in PPR. I kind of think just because Cohen's so involved as a receiver, I kind of think he's the more valuable. Yeah, right now, I definitely think he's the more valuable. No doubt. Because I think there's just more chunk plays there. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. What do you? What, what don't you know right now, Fabs? I don't know if Byron Leftwich is going to necessarily turn things around for David Johnson. Now, as well, I traded David Johnson a few weeks ago, so I don't have any shares in him anymore. But if I did have DJ, I'd be happy that Mike McCoy got the hell out of there. Okay, because Mike McCoy ruined his fantasy value. Ruined it. Okay. I don't know if McCoy is going to get a job anytime soon anywhere uh, on an when, NFL. When you've been fired three times. This is what I'm years. saying. This was his second straight midseason firing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Well, I'm sure. By the way, the Broncos kind of got him fired, fired twice, right? They fired him once and then they oh, ran yeah, over. Yeah, yeah, then they ran over. Good and got him fired. <laughs> but I mean, so, like, Leftwich has zero experience, like, calling plays. I mean, I, he called a few plays for Bruce Arians in the 2017 preseason. He has no experience, basically, calling plays. I don't know what he, you know, and Byron Leftwich is, he's been a quarterback's coach, you know, and, and he's he's a guy that a lot of people see as a young, up-and-coming co- uh, coach, but is he alone going to come in and reverse the fortunes of David Johnson? I mean, he can't well, play offensive line. We'll see. If there's one but, saving grace is Bruce Arians. Yep, that's exactly what I'm he, he, No, of course. I, I love right. Bruce Arians, yep. and I, I, yep. we all severely miss Bruce Arians because of David Johnson. Yes. It's yes. terrible year, but yes. yeah, if there's one saving grace, it's Arians brought him in and loves him. And that's why, I, I like, I don't know. Like, I think, it to me, it's it's got to be a good move because how could you be worse, right? But Leftwich is very inexperienced, and so we'll see what he can do uh, if he can come out of the gate and it can't and get, get much DJ worse. Right, that's the, the ball. Thing. That's the right, thing. Is right. like DJ's running like four percent of his roots as a receiver. That was twenty percent in twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. Like nearly sixty percent of his carries have gone up the middle. That was thirty five percent in twenty sixteen. There's just mm-hmm. no creativity within that offense. Right, exactly. I mean, his saving grace has been that he's scoring touchdowns. Uh, not last week, but he's gotten the way up. He had been scoring <laughs> touchdowns, you know. And you look at his numbers. I mean, he's given you 16-plus, what, four times this year, which is pretty good. It's not what you wanted when you drafted him third or fourth overall. There's actually a lot of leagues out there where he was the number one overall pick. But I don't know if Leftwich will turn it around, but I'm very interested to see if he uh, if he can do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of with Graham that he comes with the Bruce Arian stamp of approval, so that, to me, is enough to kind of get excited. And, and again, it's, it is what you guys said. It really couldn't have gotten much worse than it has for the first, you know, couple months for uh, for for David Johnson. By the way, some other Cardinals news that has some, you know, kind of peripheral fantasy implications. Uh, Adam Schefter reporting uh, Patrick Peterson has asked for a trade. He wants out. He wants to be gone by the October 30th trade deadline. Uh, according to Schefter's tweet, Peterson feels as if the situation is deteriorating and continues to reaffirm to others that he quote desperately wants out. So, uh, the the Cardinals' defense has sort of been hard to figure this year, fantasy-wise, but I can tell you that losing Patrick Peterson is not going to make it any better. Steve, so. Steve Kahn, their GM, kind of missed his window to trade Peterson this offseason, yeah, I think. To, I think to, so. get, to get what he has actually deserved in return, mm-hmm. um, I think that was kind of the window. This is the second straight year they've been kind of mulling about trading. Peterson. I mean, here's the, they, they are, and I, know I hadn't planned to talk about the Cardinals' defense, but here we are. Uh, yeah. Patrick Peterson wants out. They're trying to figure out how to use Hassan Reddick and Dion Buchanan. I mean, these are three guys that 
when the Cardinals had it rolling, those were three guys that were key in what they were doing. They've changed their scheme. They're not letting Peterson travel with receivers anymore. It's ridiculous. It's, he doesn't yeah. go into the slot. He doesn't do any of the things that like he's actually incredible at. You know, coaches, sometimes when a thing is working, you don't have to get in there and mess around with it. You can just let it run on its own, and things will still still be okay. Speaking of which, yes. Arion Johnson is my thing I have no idea about, and the Lions coaches just need to keep it rolling. Um, mm-hmm. He is. He was obviously fantastic last week. Saw 21 touches. 59% of the Lions snaps had six red zone carries to Blunt's three, but Theoretic might come back for week eight. Um, he was out with a knee injury and was kind of the big reason why Carrion Johnson blew up last week. I just... I don't know if the Lions are going to do the right thing here and commit to him. I, yeah. I, want, I mean, I, I pleaded all week on Fantasy Live last week, like, just give on Johnson the ball. And because I know that, you know, Matt Patricia obviously watches our show on a daily yeah. basis. He must have heard me. Yep. Um, because, yeah, we did see that. I mean, I don't even worry so much about the Theo Riddick part of it. We just need to phase LeGarrette Blunt out. I think that's the biggest thing. Yep. It's just a constant rotation is my thing. I mean, Abdullah came in basically off the bench last week and played a couple meaningful snaps and ran a few routes even. It's just, right. it's extremely frustrating. We, why is why is Amir Abdullah still on that roster? Uh, I, I guess probably just in case the just, gets just, hurt. Just for that, just for that depth. I, mean, I know because like I was watching the game and I, hey, Amir Abdul is still in the league, you know? I mean, I hadn't seen him all season. I, I mean, there was talk that he would get traded before they the season. Trade him. I guarantee that's what it was. They just couldn't. They just couldn't move him. Maybe that's what it was. And they just didn't want to like what cut him and, and just have him out there and, and get nothing for him. I mean, it just I mean, for, for the Lions sake and for Amir Abdullah's sake, just it's time. Just just break up already. It is. It's like it's like that couple that you watch and you see them like fight and you know that neither one of them are happy. It's like just, just break up already. Mm. It, it, both maybe like Hugh Jackson and the Browns. That man, that <laughs> <laughs> I think that's like the it's like some sort of weird like upside down stranger. Right. Like I don't even know. Going on there. I can't even begin to describe that relationship. Yeah. I have no idea what that is about. So, uh, so anyway, those are the things that uh, you know we we think we figured out, or maybe not at all. And hopefully, we figure out these things we don't know in the next couple of weeks because playoff time is coming. So we want to figure out uh, you know how to how to best advise and perf- and proceed uh, when we go there. Uh, waiver wire time. And uh, Graham writes our, our waiver wire, our suite of waiver wire pieces. I like, I like to call them the, the basic waiver wire, the deep dive, the streaming, the guys to drop, all that sort of stuff. Um, so we got a handful of names here on this list. But first one is one that you sort of mentioned earlier, Fabs. Mitchell Trubisky. And I, I'm starting to feel like Trubisky, sort of like you know Blake Bortles or a handful of other guys, I'm not sure that real football-wise, Trubisky... Don't watch the games. Right. Like, Trubisky is still, like, there's a lot of things that he does that, that make me cringe and shake my head and just make me wonder if he really is that guy. But fantasy-wise, like, you look at the end of the day, and the numbers are great. So this is, I think I think you're right, Graham. Just don't watch Trubisky play. Just watch the stats he, pile up oh at the end God, of the day. He was so bad against the <laughs> But <laughs> What is saving great? I mean, he rushed for 81 yards. Oh, I know. He's been fantastic for fantasy. He's been the right? QB1, QB5, and QB2 over the last Insane. over the last three weeks because of, the, because of the rushing. Yeah. But last week, I mean, he was missing. I mean, against the Patriots, he missed multiple open receivers. He missed mm-hmm. Gabriel on a, on a He got away with a couple of open. picks. Yeah, there was, that, uh, there was a play in the corner of the end zone, in the red zone, mm-hmm. where Trubisky basically just threw it up and should have been picked. Right. Yeah, it was just he was Allen Robinson and Taylor Gabriel were two monster stinkers in that game, too. You know, if you had told me it was going to be such a high-scoring affair, I would have thought at least one of them would have had a decent game, and it, it was, was all Burton. It was all Trey Burton. They stopped with the with the, the shovel passes to Burton. They actually got him involved in the passing game, and he was great. Um, 
By the way, Allen Robinson has really been a disappointment this yeah. year. I, I was very concerned about Allen Robinson. I mean, he didn't play most of last season. Coming off the knee, going to a new offense, a lot of weapons. You know, they they, they added so many things. Uh, uh, Taylor Gabriel, they drafted Anthony Miller. You know, you've got Tariq Cohen, you've got Jordan Howard. You add Trey Burton as well. I was a little bit worried about him. But, I mean, let's be honest. Allen Robinson has, has had one really good season. You know, one really good season in his career. And that was it. So he kind of is what he is, and he, he's a guy that you're going to be playing the matchups with, and you probably drafted him to start him every week, and I don't know that you can do that. Yeah, yeah. The, the biggest concern for me is obviously the targets. The last three weeks, just four, six, and five. That's not going to get it done. Yeah, he has had 50 yards, uh, 50 or more yards or a touchdown in what, two five weeks. of his six games. Two weeks ago, he had a pretty decent game. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yep. so I mean, he's been, he's been a fine receiver three. Right. Still, we still we were still drafting him in the fifth, sixth round, and it's kind of not I think exactly was, what we expected. It was a little bit higher. But I think I think you know he, he hasn't quite lived up to his draft. Uh, his draft. No, I mean, there are so many wide receivers that he was drafted ahead of uh, that have been so much better. Like the first guy that comes to mind, Robert Woods or Cooper Cup, for his injury or John Brown. Love goodness Bob gracious, Woods. Robert Woods this year he really might be Bob Woods is my guy. This, he he might be the fantasy breakout player of the year. He's I mean, so he's on pace, really man, to be, be that. He's been so good. It's insane how good he yep. was. Um. A couple of Raiders running backs are going to be hot off the waiver wire. Jalen Richard and Doug Martin. I just, in my heart of hearts, I just want the Raiders to kind of sort of commit to Richard a little bit more. And I know that, you know, he's actually played more of the snaps. He's sort of gotten more of the opportunities. I just have this really weird feeling that if Marshawn Lynch is out for an extended period of time, or, if, going he, to or if he goes on IR, which is a possibility, that somehow John Gruden is going to plug Doug Martin in there and make him. He's going to try. Yeah. I mean, he he obviously likes him. He brought him in when he didn't really have a need at running back, right? I mean, you had Marshawn, you had Washington, you had Jalen Rashad. He didn't really have a huge need, still brought him in. And Martin's going to start. Uh, he, he's going to be the guy who's going to get the work on the early downs. He's going to be the guy who's going to get the work near the goal line. The Raiders don't really get near the goal line very often, but if they do, it'll be Doug Martin. But the, the saving grace for Rashad is that. Raiders were always behind. Game yep. script, second half. I mean, how, how many snaps has Marshawn played the second half this season? That's a great point, Fabs. So, I put this in the waiver wire piece. The Raiders have trailed on nearly 50% of their offensive mm-hmm. snaps this year. It's the 12th highest rate. And when they are trailing, they pass 76% of the time. Yep. That's oh, the yeah. fifth highest And that's rate, why you know, both six, of these guys need to be highest. added. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Richard is my preferred PPR ad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doug Martin's been below 4.0 yards per carry in 20 of his last 25 yeah. games. It's funny. You look at Martin historically, he's only been good when there's been no expectations of him as a rookie. Well, there's no so expectations. That, so that means there's no expectations that. of him now, but the problem is that the offense around him is just bleh. That's my uh, That's my other concern about this, that even if they do you know, do what I what I would like and just give Jalen Richard a whole bunch of opportunity, it's still a bad offense. Yeah. I kind of think right now Richard might really be the only guy in PPR leagues that feels truly comfortable starting. In the Raiders on the Raiders game. offense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, they play, Cooper, they play the Colts this week, too. They do have the Colts this week, yeah. Cooper's, but Cooper's been a coaster his entire career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm you know, it's what you know what I see for for Amari Cooper? I think the best case scenario for him is to kind of go the Sammy Watkins route, to go somewhere where you are not anywhere near one of the first top two options, right? I mean, that's worked out for Sammy Watkins. He goes to Kansas City. He's been a great third receiver. He's been a great third saw receiver. Saw it again last night. He's been fantastic. Right, because like there's no expectations on him. He doesn't have to carry a passing game. You know, he's sort of, I won't say an afterthought, but everybody's so focused on Hunt and, and Kelsey and Hill that it's like, hey, there's Sammy Watkins out there doing his thing. I feel like that is the best case scenario for Amari Cooper at some point. I don't know where that that is. I don't know what that team is. But I think that's uh, that's his best situation. Um, 
Uh, let's see. Not go through all these names here, but Chris Herndon, because we just need tight ends so badly in our lives. Yep. Um, he's had touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. The Jets have effectively punted on the tight end position for at least a decade, probably more now. So that sort of gives me a little bit of pause. But I do think I think the last good tight end they had was like Johnny Mitchell. And, and uh, neither one of you like, know Johnny Mitchell. I, I know, I was As, go, ASJ was fine last year. I was going to say, I mean, get anything after the catch. I was going to give him Dustin Keller at least. Yeah. I, uh, I guess so. I guess so. Dustin but yeah, Keller that, wasn't that, that's been a wasteland. At the um, but I do think that as long as Quincy and Noon was out, that maybe this means some good things for Chris Herndon, kind of running from that that inside position a little bit. I can't figure. I'm I'm kind of done with the Jets this year. You guys. I'm, I'm just <laughs> gonna be honest here. Like Jermaine yeah. Curse. What Jermaine, the hell, man? Jermaine Curse goose egged last week in a yep. prime spot. Chris Herndon over the last two weeks just pulled up his snap rates in week six, 39 percent last week. 34%. So this is a guy like Hernan's not even seeing the field, but he still saw seven targets last week, obviously, but dude, I'm not trusting any jets. No, I, and, and I'm actually going to talk about that uh, tomorrow on TV because our producer sent everything out. And what's the thing that you, you've learned? And it's like, I don't trust the jets. I can't like Bilal Powell. No, Isaiah Crowell was like every other week. And, and now he's banged up. Yeah, I like Jermaine Kerr so much. How could you not Right, Anunua out. They cut Terrell Pryor. Ten targets last week. Sam Darnold likes to likes to throw to his slot receivers. And Jermaine well, Curse gave you nothing. It's almost like butt kiss. It's almost like an inconsistent offense can't be trusted. Oh man, I mean, yeah. You, but let, let's move on to a couple of other guys that you could pick up off the waiver wire. We talked about Chris Ivory, right? Um, Raheem Mostart in, in San Francisco because. Matt Breida can't stay healthy. And I don't know what the heck they're doing with Alfred Morris in there, man. Even as Alfred Morris. I mean, Mustaire looks awesome, by the way. Yeah. He's been Yeah, awesome. he looks good. So he's worth a look. And so NFL.com, and I, I really don't play on too many other platforms. I know you can't do this like on ESPN, but if you have a player on your roster that you didn't play, that you bench, that you really don't need, you can actually go to the waiver wire and pick up players who are on buys and drop the player who's on your bench and get them right away. So you don't have to worry about the waiver process. And I did that with Geronimo Allison in, in a few leagues. Because, I mean, look at the numbers. Before Allison got hurt, I mean, he was putting up some good numbers. And, you know, he's got this guy Aaron Rodgers throwing a football. It's pretty Never damn heard good. Of him. So Allison's worth a pickup. Danny Amendola, because, well, Parker, we don't know what's going on there. Kenny Stills is banged up. Albert Wilson's going to be out. Blurg. So Amendola the, the suddenly. Way, the way you guys talk about the Jets, that's how I feel about the Dolphins. Yeah, I'm, I know, I'm but not, I mean, like somebody's got to catch passes I'm there. not. Do, I somebody's got to catch yeah, passes. I can't do it. In PPR, you could do worse than Danny Amendola off the waiver wire. Yeah, the Allison call is interesting just because everything after Devontae Adams and Jimmy Graham in that offense is just. It's questionable, and they don't run the damn ball. They just don't. By the way, going back to Raheem Mostert, too, by the way, uh, I have a feeling that we might not see Matt Breida this week. He didn't play much play, I think, five snaps, something like that. And afterwards, he's saying that, you know, he's got a. I think he basically was sort of admitting that that he can't keep trying to push himself. He needs a week off. Like, take a week (laughs) off, dude. Like, literally, we've seen you have three what look to be season ending injuries. Yeah, I know. And yet you come back and play, take a week and off. And he played, like, what, five snaps this Something week? Like I mean, that. So I have, a, I have a feeling so. we may not see him this week, um, that it, it may be Raheem Mostert, which also means potentially maybe Alfred Morris actually gets on the field a little bit, but I don't know the, that I would trust him a whole lot there. Uh, you said Dante Moncrief here. Like, I, yeah, I'm, you know I'm, out, I'm out on Jaguars receiver. No, 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 I get it. But remember, we've got bye weeks. People are desperate. Okay, hey. People started Jermaine Curse and Taylor Gabriel last, you know, this past week. I mean, like you're hurting out there for wide receivers, and he's giving you in PPR because that's all I played: twenty-one nine, thirteen six, 
Then he didn't have anything against the Cowboys, 14-6. So three of his last four games, he's been pretty decent for Dante Moncrief. Yeah. I just, so he's the guy in Jacksonville that you want at wide receiver if you have to play a Jaguars So like receiver. the downside to Dante Moncrief and any Jaguars receiver is that right now, you're waiting for garbage time for them to produce. The good side, the good news is, like, garbage time seems to keep happening for the Jaguars. Yep. So, you know, I always say that that's a tough way to live, but it seems like that's the way that you're in week eight live. right now. I mean, the waiver wire is thin. And, and if you're in a competitive league, like, it's thin out there. Extremely thin. Yeah. Yeah. The Jags are just so week to week. I mean, Moncrief's target count dating back to week two is 9, 3, 5, 15, 3, then 10. It's just, it's just, <laughs> yeah. it's just big spikes. One. It's like, you know, all right, let's throw a dart here. Uh, by the yeah. way, a, a tweet from Philip Heilman, who uh, writes for the Jaguars website, says, Doug Marone says he has made a decision on who will start at quarterback, but hasn't spoken to the team yet, won't announce until he does. So that means uh, that means Cody Kessler. Yeah, it's going to be Cody Kessler. <laughs> that means Cody that, that is always <laughs> coach speak for Kessler. <laughs> it's like we're changing guys. I just want to make sure. You know, it's like I got to notify next to Ken before we can put the name out. There, How so. bad do you got to feel like if you're Blake Bortles and you, you're going to get you're going to lose your job to Cody Kessler? Hey, man, you had how many years to try to figure I get it. I get it. I mean, but I mean, he's not the answer. I mean, he's not the answer. He's that, the guy who was, let's not forget, Blake Bortles was the number three overall pick. Yes, yep. I know. I know. <laughs> he was the number three. I know. Go get Terod Taylor, Doug Marone. Forget about Ooh, this Bortles something. nonsense and Cody Kessler. Go get yourself a quarterback. Something, anything, do anything. Uh, hey, uh, it is time for you know that part of the show where we hear from you guys where you know things didn't go well for you things kind of went sideways it's monday moaning eddie i'm sure you have some uh, some tweets pulled up for us yeah marcus you retweeted a lot of uh, pretty funny ones so thanks to everyone who tweeted at you using the hashtag monday moaning um we'll start off with at tim lister 14 i played dalton over stafford yeah i mean it made sense right it did. they're it's playing fine. the chiefs yeah there's I mean, nothing, that's a good process. Yeah, it just it, it, it made sense. It just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Chalky Bartle Dew started Jermaine Curse. Sorry. Yeah, I'm sure there. Are, I feel like there are probably quite a few people <laughs> who started. Hey, man, I started him in like three leagues, and I'm going to take L's in all of them because he gave me nothing. Ugh. At, I'm done with that dude now, which means now he's going to have a huge game. At KH Maker D had carry on on my bench. Uh, well, I mean, it that, depends on what you had, but that was a great matchup, dude. Yeah. Even as a flex starter. That was one. Yeah, I was big on carry on. Me too. Yep. At Goggles 15, I left Marlon Mack on the bench for AP. That's fine. That that, that, that makes sense. That Marlon Mack game. I mean, the two touchdowns just came out of nowhere. The only guy who saw that was Jerry O'Connell. But now Jerry loved it. He did bring him up. With 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 the Colts playing the Raiders this week. I'm all about Marlon. Man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they're, playing, they're playing the Raiders this week, yep. so I'm all about it this week. Yep. Uh, and I want to end it with this one because there's no player name, but just pretty funny or sad. At, at 6 to 74, my skill players combined for one touchdown. One touchdown in all caps. Yeah, Ooh, imagine wow. that. See, Ooh. now I want to find out who. I, mean, I want to. Like, I'm trying I to think go through like who he started now, right? Zeke probably. Uh, Zeke has to. Might, might have been Zeke. Yeah, dude. I mean, David Johnson didn't score a touchdown, but you probably don't have DJ and Zeke. Um, quarterback, oh, biggest quarterback bust this week, right? I mean, did did Andy Dalton have a touchdown? He had what one? Yeah, to the CJ to CJ, to CJ yeah. Uzama 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 CJ Uzama. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think because I think every Stephon every Stephon Diggs didn't score. Could have started him. Yep, Diggs didn't score. Every starting quarterback had at least one touchdown. Pat. Oh no, 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 no. Unless you started Blake Bortles. Oh well, but I can't imagine you were starting. Then you know that that. Oh no, that take that back. That uh, well, Jameis Jameis had a rushing touchdown, right? So it still counts. So so it still counts. Anyway, sorry about your luck, because man, yeah. that seems awful. So yep. 
Uh, that'll pretty much wrap it up. Graham, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, yeah. buddy. It was fun having you. We'll do this. Uh, we'll keep doing this. So Good that, time. That was pretty was much great. Yeah, bud. So, uh, hey, enjoy Monday night, everybody out there, in case uh, you know, you're listening to this before the Monday night game. And by the way, make sure you check out Graham. What's your Twitter? At Graham Barfield. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. Yep. He's easy. You're going to get a lot of knowledge from this guy, man. Make sure you follow him. There Thanks. you go. At sure. Graham Barfield. Check him out. And be sure to check us out uh, a little bit later on in the week. Always remember, phonics isn't spelled the way it sounds. We'll see you on Thursday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.